Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Welcome to the Fairways of Life show, folks. Pleasure to have your company from wherever you are joining us, coast to coast. We've got something special for you to start the show today, particularly for those of you who are watching us on Nessun, New England Sports Network, or MSG, because today I want to talk to you about the Travelers Championship and the profound impact that it's had not only on the sport but in the community and the fact that I mentioned those, those two uh, affiliates of ours specifically because it is so easy to get to the Travelers Championship and it is such a unique event. And what I mean by that is how close you can be to the players, the different options that there are in terms of how and when and where you consume your golf at TPC River Highlands. It's a golf course that above the hill dates back to 1924. And then as you go down by the river where the changes were made, uh, now all of a sudden going back, geez, it's got to be 30 years now. Uh, It's just a fun fun golf course, as you can see by these videos that Andrew is running of the back nine right now. Uh, But if if I said to you names like this, Andrew, feel free to continue to let that video roll because I think it's absolutely beautiful that that we got from Travel Championship a few years ago from Michael. And Sam Snead, Arnold Palmer multiple times, Billy Casper multiple times, Ken Venturi, Charlie Sifford, Lee Trevino, Dave Stockton, Curtis Strange, Paul Azinger again, a multiple-time winner, Nick Price, Jordan Spieth, and more. If you had that assortment of winners, that alone would speak to who and what the Travelers Championship is. But as it is my belief that a corporate sponsorship, even of a major sporting event, in one way, shape, or form, for better or for worse, reveals a corporate soul. And the Travelers is very much about a sporting event as these names I just mentioned to these great champions and Hall of Famers all and then to come for Jordan, no doubt. Uh, but it speaks to something more. It speaks to what it means to, to the community. It speaks to what it means to the, the Travelers Corporation itself. Uh, and I think all of that is the reason why they have been so immensely successful. They are one of the elevated events for 2023. We'll talk about what all that means. Absolute delight to be joined by Andy Bissett, the Executive Vice President and Chief Administrative Officer of Travelers, and Nathan Groob, the Tournament Director. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. How are you guys? Hey, Matt. How are you doing? Good. 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 I'm doing, I am doing great. I assume that you guys are as well. The news that just came out that Rory McIlroy is coming back to TPC River Highlands for the Travelers uh, this year. It's it's head shaking how well you guys have done. Now you are an elevated event for 23. Uh, you know, the hits just keep on coming. So, you know, Andy, I've asked you this so many times over the years, and you've always been somewhat elusive with the answer. But I will ask you nonetheless, <laughs> what's, the secret, what's the secret to the success of this Travelers Championship? You know, I, 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 it, what you said before, Matt, is so true. It's about the ethos of who Travelers is. I mean, we're all about collaboration, we're about teamwork, we're about, we're about so many of the elements that are, make up a successful tournament. And Nathan and I have been working together now for hmm, 
long 17? time, like 17, 18 yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we always kid around and joke that, that we're, well, we're like brothers. Well, it couldn't be brothers. He's like father and son, maybe. But, but we always joke around that, that we work together, our teams work together so well. And, and we're all about charity and giving back to the community. And so we have a common bond in a lot of different ways. But we have one important rule, and we never accept the status quo. We're always, always trying to get better at what we do. And this year has got to be better than last year, and so on and so on. Uh, and I'll circle back around to you about that, Andy, in just a second. Because, Nathan, I want to ask you something about when you've had a tournament as successful as you have had at the Travelers Championship now for low these many years, it can become a template for success. But I'm curious, how much do you think what you and your team does is something that can actually be replicated or how much of it is completely and totally unique? That's a, that's a good question, Matt. It's when we kind of dissect, I think, who we are and how we've become what we are, there are so many different ingredients to it. I mean, I, I think Andy and I would love to kind of bottle it up and be like, hey, go do this, you know, but it, it takes... It starts with a title. I mean, I talk to my other colleagues around the country that have their, their titles involved and engaged. And when I tell them how involved Andy and I are working together, and to his point, our teams, I mean, I talk to Andy probably three or four times a day about the tournament. And I say that to other events, and they go, I'm sorry, three or four times a quarter? And I say, no, 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 three or four times a day about the tournament. So we are constantly talking, tweaking, changing, things like that. And I think it, it has to have that to be able to, as Andy said, to get better every aspect of the event. I mean, Andy and I are talking about concession pricing. We're talking about where to park cars. We're talking about widening paths so that people can get out faster. I mean, to have your title that engaged, Matt, is, I mean, that's the, the beginning of it. And then from there, you have a community that, that loves this event and it's their own. And they are so passionate about it. I mean, our volunteers, I remember Rory said this, and we've talked about this, Matt. I think the first time he came here, he said, these people are, are amazing. Like, they're out there on the first tee at 6.50 a.m. They, they know golf. They, they know, I mean, and so, like, when you look at our fans, when you look at our sponsors, everybody takes it so personal. And when you have a title that takes it personal, a community that takes it personal, when the players come here, they feel like they're being welcomed into our home. And you can't, you can't fake that. You know, you can't. You can't manufacture that and be like, all right, let's write this into the script. Make somebody feel at home, you know, take this personal. But, I mean, it's part of the, just the personality of who we are, and it has played itself out over the last 17, 18 years to hopefully trying to get better every year. And, Nathan, when, when you look at the, the week of the Travelers Championship itself, obviously the, the pinnacle of those efforts that go on on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, years in the making – how much have you been able to incorporate, if you will, the community as defined by activities, et cetera, outside of that week? How much are you building up the week of the championship itself as a destination? So let me just say this. Um, this weekend, uh, the, well, I guess maybe it was about a week ago or so, the weather was like in the negatives. Um, it was pretty cold <laughs> up here. And people could not wait to talk about the Travelers Championship. I mean, we're you know close to six months out. Um, from the tournament and people see us coming they they know what we represent it's always this anticipation of oh my gosh it's going to be warm it's going to be great outside like we're going to celebrate Connecticut we're going to celebrate New England and so it's funny it's kind of built into the the seasonality of the event where we do our, our charity celebration in the fall a couple months after the tournament we bring in all of our charities people get so excited to celebrate what the event's about we do a lot of our obviously sales to sponsors you know in the fall and into the winter and then kind of that January, February time frame, people start having the clock going, 
hey, when's media day? Hey, when are we getting out there to do the kickoff? Hey, when's opening day? And so there is a sense of anticipation year round from the charitable announcements and impacts to the volunteer assignments. You know, we have 3,000 volunteers that sign up and when they sign up, it Whoa. kind of gets a cadence going. Um, when uh, the charities get to sign up, you know, we have 140 charities that we work with to raise money for them. When they start to get signed up and started doing interviews about how excited they are about the tournament coming, there's this natural cadence from volunteers to charity celebration to the player field announcements and people, you know, oh yeah, this is one of the, you know, strongest golf tournaments and fields in New, you know, that we're ever going to have. People start getting excited about the field and Rory coming. So there's a cadence that it kind of builds off of each other, but um, it's, uh, it feels natural up here and people, people expect it and they're excited about it. Andy, when, when you have, I know that, that you guys both make an effort to go out and recruit at different tournaments and make sure you have the fields that you want year in and year out. And this year, as yeah. Nathan was just talking yeah. about, the field's going to be stout anyway. I'm just curious about, yeah. because you know the players so well now, what kind of responses did you get from players when they found out that you were got you guys were elevated? That was phenomenal. I mean, the, you know, the, it's funny because you, you, you asked before about the secret sauce, if there is anything, and it's not secret. What we do, I think, as a team is, and as individuals is we have great relationships with the players. And, you know, I was talking to Rory and his, and his agent, Sean, through the fall and uh, through December as they were kind of working through their schedule. And, and so we talked. I mean, we talked with Scotty Scheffler as much as I can. I, mean, I talked to Xander. I talk, talking to these guys throughout the year, we don't look at it as recruiting. We don't recruit. I mean, we we uh, we go out to build our relationships. And a good example is, you know, uh, the other night, uh, my phone rang, and it was Michael Thorpe Johnson. And I'm like, hey, Michael, how you doing? And he goes, hey, Andy, I just got back from um, from Dubai. And I said, where are you? Because he's from Massachusetts. But I said, where where are you? He goes, it's Stanford, studying till Sunday. Then I have to leave, and I think they're going to Australia. But uh, here's a young guy, a, a phenomenal young golfer, phenomenal, but just a great person. And uh, he's just his family. He's up in Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, we had worked with him last year. He had an exemption. He finished fourth in the tournament. Mm. And he'll be back this year again. And, uh, and I didn't just pre-announce anything, but he'll be back again this year, if you know <laughs> what I mean, Matt. And so I think that, you know, we look at talented young people like that. That's how we build relationships. That's how I remember every one of the players, you know, for, for, for 17 years, we've been doing this and we get out of the range, we go around to other tournaments and we talk to the guys and find out what's going on in their lives, how we can help and all that. And it's just fun. And, and, you know, my sports background and, you know, we start talking about different things about how training goes. Cause I'm always curious as to how a golfer trains as to how I used to train and does a golfer peak, does it not peak? Anyways, it's very, very interesting to talk to them, and I find it fascinating. I'm learning so much about golfing. I can't do it in golf, but 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 the but but listening to them and how they train and how they get get ready and how the young guys like Michael, who is just a phenomenal young golfer and a young man, he's a what, junior at Stanford. So I'm excited. I always am excited about getting out to see the guys, seeing the young players, and making sure we have great relationships because. Those are the, the young men who will be with us five years from now, right? Six, seven, eight years from now, and part of the leadership of the PGA Tour. And Andy, I want to talk to you about something else, if I may, too. Uh, when Nathan spoke about a few months after the tournament, you guys have your 
for lack of a better word, my definition, distribution when you, when you benefit the charities from, from the, the yeah. efforts that you have made. How special a day is that for you? And I mean it from the standpoint of how different is it for you that when all this administrative business that you have to take care of all the time, even though it may be a labor of love, it's still something yeah. you're taking. Where, where are you going to park and, and what, what food concessions, et cetera, are going to be like? In this case, you guys are benefiting charities that are directly going to impact lives. And I'm curious about how that strikes you on that day and time. You know, that, I mean, travelers before, Matt, you talked about the ethos, so who, who is travelers? And we give well over $22 million a year to different nonprofits and charities and organizations and our employees. I think this is really a key part. Thousands of our employees volunteer thousands of hours into the community, hundreds of thousands of hours to give back. And, you know, the, the, with the, the monies that we contribute to the 140 charities are really important to them. It's how they exist but also the whole wall gang camp, which is our, our primary beneficiary, is just a, such a special place. I choke up when I, when, I, when I talk about it. You know, and back a couple of years ago when a part of the camp burned down, it was actually a very funny conversation with Jimmy Canton, who's the CEO. It was a Friday night and a friend of mine in the media called me and said, Andy, the, the camp is burning. And I said, oh my gosh, it was like four or 4.30. So I called Jimmy and Jimmy said, I said, Jimmy, the camp's on fire, what's going on? He goes, how do you know about that? I said, well, I have people in high places. So we were, we were laughing, but he had just been told. And um, in that Friday, I called Alan and Alan and I agreed to give a million dollars matching gift. So if the camp could raise a million dollars, we would donate up to a million dollars. That was Friday night. So we announced this on Monday morning. And by Friday, what's that, four or five days later, the match had been done, finished, and $2 million went to camp to rebuild the burned out part of camp. I mean, Incredible. that's the kind of stuff that is so important. <clears throat> and the young people who benefit, who are seriously ill, get to benefit from that. I mean, so I, I mean, I get, I get sh shivers just talking about it. I mean, it, it's just so, so important, but we're here. We're gonna make this all work. We're gonna continue to give to charity. And this year we will surpass two and a half million. I think I pre-announced that, oh well. But, but I, we will we will surpass two and a half million and uh, do some really good things for charities for the whole the wall gang camp and such. It's incredible. Uh, Nathan, at the start of this interview, Andy spoke about you guys <clears throat> will never rest on your laurels with all the success that you have had as an event and the way it impacts the community and beyond. I am curious, when you look at it in 2023, you're the week after the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open is at the L.A. Country Club. You guys have taken what probably could have been looked on when you started with it as the most difficult spot on the calendar, and you've turned it into an asset. I'm curious your perspective on that and also in terms of where you see even the potential for improvements in 2023 to the Travelers. Uh, Matt, I remember a story. It was uh, 07 when Travelers came in and uh, we got the date the week after the open. And I remember um, I had been here two, three years. And I remember one of the media outlets put a microphone on my face and they said, what did you do to make the tour so mad to get the week <laughs> after the U.S. Open? Why would you have done that? And I'm like, uh, great. We're just excited to be here. You know, I mean, I, I mean, Andy and I were like, OK, we have some challenges. And we literally it wasn't this vague. Oh, the week after the U.S. Open is tough. We literally, to Andy's point, we started going around talking to players going, why is it tough? Caddies, why is it tough? Yeah. Wives, girlfriends, agents, everybody like, okay, why do you not like to play the week after the U.S. Open? 
And we got actually a list of things. And we're like, oh, we can solve like 90% of this stuff. And as we start chipping away at it and, and you know, making the trip easy, providing a charter for the players, you know, how we adjust the pro-am, what we do with hotel schedules, how we place cars. I mean, all the things that they gave us some feedback. And like five years later, I think we had six or seven of the top 10 in the world. And I remember, I wish it was the same media person, but it wasn't. Mm. Somebody stuck a microphone in my face and said, how did you get so lucky to have the week after the U.S. Open? Look <laughs> at your field. And Andy and I just chuckled going, you know what? I mean, sometimes if you just identify a problem and you start chipping away at it and all of a sudden your problem becomes, you know, something that's part of your personality. You know, I mean, like the U.S. Open is a really, really unique event. And there's certain things about it that are very, very U.S. Open. And when you come to the Travelers Championship, you get the opposite of that. I mean, you are not having to worry about a lot of the things that, you know, you have to worry about at the U.S. Open. And the guys just come here and they, they say it feels like coming home. I remember one of the yeah. players paid us the biggest compliment a couple years ago. He said, I don't know how you make this feel like a home game for 156 players. Like, I, we don't understand how you do that. And that was one of the biggest compliments to us is that we have found a way to make it feel like a home game for the entire team. And so, I, I don't know, Matt, I would say it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, something that, well, actually this goes back to Andy. One of the things you never want to do is tell Andy he can't do something. So as soon as somebody put that up there going, oh, the week after the Open is going to be tough, Andy went like this. Really? They said it to us, Okay, too. let's go. Yeah, you know, they, and so yeah. it's like, okay, let's figure out how to make this an asset. And so just really kind of yeah. not focusing on what you are not, focusing on what you are, and then leaning into that has been something that we have tried to do, and, uh, and, it's, and it's paid off. But um, it's, been, it's been a fun ride. That tenacity that uh, Nathan is talking about with Andy Bissett, he is a former United States Olympian. And, uh, Andy, I would like to ask you that question, though, about not resting on your laurels. Uh, what you can do better are there or is there anything at this point that you can reveal to the world and say hey in 2023 the travelers championship is doing this little wrinkle you know there's always a lot of things that we do it's the little things that count right once you start building a, a great car it's the little tweaking that you do to it to make it world class and and we're always going to strive to become world class i mean we're going to we're going to do some things this year to celebrate our fans more than we ever have because when you look at who we are over the years, and in my greatest memories, and my greatest bad memory was in 2000, it was in 2020, right? Mm -hmm. When we had no fans. I, Nathan and I are on 18, and, and I'm, I'm, I, 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 I'm, we're watching the finish, and I said, oh, this is so depressing. And so I said, this should never happen again. And Nathan and I are looking at each other because we were the only two on 18, just about with some volunteers. But and that was the year where there are no fans. But I love our fans. Our fans are so smart, like Nathan said. They're so smart. They know golf. They're appreciative. They're vocal. I think we have the best fans in the world, and I want to celebrate our fans this year. You know, yes, we're going to be elevated. We have a great player field. We have a huge purse. And I think every player in the world rankings will be, will be a part of the Travelers Championship this year in 2023. And, and I just... I think it's so important because at the end of the day, what's really special is charity, right? In community and giving back. And what we do is if you have a great player field, it's like any sport. If you have a great player field and, and, and they're out playing well, that's what fans want. And so I think that the, we're going to do some special things for fans this year. Um, <clears throat> we always improve. I mean, I had a great conversation with Rory and Sean last, last fall about things we could do to improve. And Nathan knows, right? Every time we see players, 
it's not like, hey, would you complain? No, what can we do to get better? What, what's, what do you see out there that others do that we can do? And we have a list of, of two or three things that came out of that conversation that we're doing. And, you know, and, and, it's, a, and it's, it's the smallest stuff, but it's the stuff that counts that the players, who, and the players are on the road all the time, right? They're, and they're traveling all over the world. And you, we have to do what we can do to make it easy for them to come right. be a part of our family for the week. And, um, and they're always excited to do it. Last year, I bet you, so here's one improvement we're making is our celebrity pro-am on Wednesday. You know, this is not for the fans. Well, they watch it. Is the tour, we were one of the last terms to go to nine and nine, right? Where the players play nine and then that's it. Another player plays the back nine. And, and I, I must've been asked by a dozen players last year to go to nine and nine for the celebrity pro-am for Wednesday. Well, we did it. That's a huge change. As a matter of fact, that's making such a big change to some of the players I've talked to that they're saying, I'm playing. I mean, that's a big, big, big change we're making that means a world to the players. We have rules, right? Mm-hmm. Rule number one is don't ever make a player mad. <laughs> or conversely, make a player happy. And so that's rule number one. And, and so this fits right into it. I mean, this is going to make all the players much happier. Nine and nine on Wednesday, and keep going. So that's those are just a couple of examples of what we're going to do this year in 2023. And I guarantee you, 2024 will be better than 23. No doubt about that, Nathan. Uh, last question, if I may, for you guys today, and I appreciate the time that you have given us. As an elevated event, you you have done such a brilliant job over the years bringing in a great field anyway. But now, as an elevated event. Uh, as from a tournament director's perspective, how excited are you about 2023? <laughs> uh, uh, very excited. I think where I, I get, it just keeps getting more excited. As I mentioned, like when I get a note from a volunteer going, I cannot wait to take off work, give my time, get my volunteer package, go through training. Like when you get somebody so excited and then, you know, the fans send in texts or emails going, oh my gosh, I'm circling that week. You know, we're going on vacation the week after because we're going to be there. So I just, it, I feed off of that. Um, I mean, and our sponsors too, what's really cool for us is being between Boston and New York, when you get a company saying, I am getting requests from my customers to come there, I need to have hospitality. I need to have some place to entertain because my customers are asking me for tickets. So I need to be there because I'm getting asked. So when you, when you get all of this kind of mushroom out of people so excited, it's, it's pretty cool to see. And I, I moved connecticut in 05 and i think it's one of the greatest places ever i love new england and when you get people coming to new england to see it for the first time or one company is bringing people in from from mexico some of their clients and when you get people coming to new england for the first time knowing what they're going to experience it just makes me even more excited because i think this is a special place and uh that tournament in june when people come to it and they say oh my gosh this is what a community is capable of it's just i'm so proud of it so i I think i have to add in too Matt, that's really important this year is that we're the only PGA Tour event in the northeastern part of the country this year, mm-hmm. right? Nathan, I, there's nothing here. else, nothing yeah. in New England, nothing in New York, nothing in New Jersey. So, I mean, if golfers want to come out and see world, I mean, this is world-class golf. We've always had world-class golf. But this is like, this is like a WGC event. This is like a, a major. You're going to have every player in the world wanting to be a part of Travelers this year for the obvious reasons the best competition, right? All the top players playing and also a huge purse. But I think that, that this is just going to be such a special area for the geography. I'm a new Englander, right? 
and 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 I I, I talk to my friends in in Boston and uh, on Cape Cod and in New York and say if you if you've never been to a PJ Tour event you gotta come to Travelers this year because it's gonna be like the Super Bowl. It will be no the doubt. Super Bowl. No doubt about that, gents. Uh, folks, if you are interested in attending the Travelers Championship, which we obviously strongly encourage you to do, log on to travelerschampionship.com. Again, it's travelerschampionship.com, and you can check out all of the different options that you have there. And remember, there's something for everybody. So if you want to go off and follow a group of, of that you're a fan of, or if you want to settle in at one of the hills or chalets, you're more than welcome to do so. But the rest of your family that might be interested in going to the fan village or more, there is tons of things there and lots of fun for everybody in your family or whoever you're traveling with. Travelers Championship. Dot com. They are legends. Andy Bissett, who is the executive vice president and chief administrative officer for Travelers. Nathan Groob, who's the tournament director of Travelers. Gents, congratulations with everything you've done. We, too, are very excited about 2023, and we very much appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you, you, Matt. See you soon. See you. Folks, we'll be back with more of the Fairways of Life show right after this. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration-absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. It's as easy as five, two, three. Doesn't get any easier. This Houdini soul is like magic. When you just need to launch it. I wish more of my pro-am partners had these. I wish more of everybody had these. Because golf is hard. So make it easier. Make it five, two, three easier. If there was a trophy for the most forgiving clubs, these would win every year. You want to talk about winning? You know he knows a bit about that. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. 
101. Gives you feedback in real time. Do so you feel where you are in your golf swing? Transition plus 4.2 inches. Length of back swing 50.3 inches. The ways that really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Matt Adams here with you. Pleasure to have your company as ever. Fairways of Life show is presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. Shop with the pros at the PGA Tour Superstore. Just log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to get started. So, Justin Rose won the Monday finish of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He was asked about, you know, what hits you harder? The fact that it's been uh, since 2019 that you... Last one, or the fact that you dropped the 71st in the world. Remember, back in 2019, he was ranked number one in the world. Uh, do you think that changing to Hanma back in 2019 set you back a little in terms of your progression? Remember, you did that big equipment change back then. You don't hear much about Hanma now, at least not in the USA. How bad was your back when you withdrew from St. Andrews, and what gave you the spark to turn things around? starting in the fall. How much was making it to Augusta on your mind entering this year? He was asked, how do you think the course will perform for the U.S. Women's Open, another major on Pebble Beach coming up this year? When you returned to the course Sunday morning uh, at 9 on Monterey Peninsula, did you think at that point that you could do what you needed to do to pull through and have victory? And how does a win at Pebble Beach stand out amongst your varied career accomplishments? Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, I feel like I have been fortunate enough to win at some, some great venues, but Pebble's right up there. I mean, just that, that, that walk-up 18 to sort of build, be able to build a bit of a lead to, to kind of enjoy it um, was a very special moment. And I think, obviously, when you're a bit starved for a, for a win as well, um, the fact that it came today on a weather day like we had and at a venue that we had today was just worth waiting for. I actually, to be honest with you, I had a goal. Uh, yeah, um, you never know if you're going to win, right? But I knew I was in the tournament still. I had a goal of getting to, I thought I could get to, to 10 under. After that that day, I, I ended up getting it to 12. But I was aware, of, I, I can't think of what I did realize that the Sunday morning was I realized the opportunity I had. The way the wind had shifted, the way MPCC was playing. Um, when we When we got back out there, I knew there were birdies to be had. So I kind of... From a mentality point of view, that wasn't lost on me. And, you know, I feel like that, that kind of intention, intentionality around starting strong there that morning was, uh, was, was the key to the week, probably, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, they hit the ball so, so straight, generally, as a, as a general, generalism. Um, but the fairways are quite wide here, um, so I feel like it's going to be very much approach play driven. And uh, I, I'd only imagine in the summer they can get the course nice and firm and fast. So I think um, anybody who has the ability to kind of flight the ball higher and with a little bit more stopping power is going to do really well on this golf course, I think. Would, would be, that would be like the, what I would think would be the, the prerequisite for doing well here. Yeah, um, the back wasn't that bad. It was um, St. Andrews was like a one-swing like one kind of thing and something just happened. Um, and then I kept, put, kept coming back. I'd uh, not play golf for a week or two, feel good, come back, and it would just be really, like, painful, I suppose, uh, niggly, but not like... I wasn't injured in the sense of I was totally out of it, but by playing golf, I was really irritating it nonstop. 
So I took a, a period of time, a couple of months off, really focused heavily on the gym, took golf out of the equation for a couple of months, I guess through October, November. And then, um, you know, I was just there in England, just really training hard and then introduced sort of hitting balls slowly again and, you know, feel absolutely fine because of that. I felt like I just had to do a bit of reconditioning on the, on the fitness side. And um, there were a couple little moves in my swing as well that were, you know, aggravating it, shift, shifting left a little bit too soon, too early. Um, yeah, so just maybe compressing a couple of uh, vertebrae or whatever it might have been. But I think it was more of a biomechanic thing than it was actually, oh, there's a big issue. Um, you know, if I look back at that whole period of time, you know, a lot of it was uh, the reason I left TaylorMade was that they weren't prepared to do a 14-club deal from memory, and I really wanted to use the Axis 1 putter, which I still continue to use to this day. And I think statistically my putting in the last three, four years has been the strongest part of my game, and it's been improved since the previous decade. So that was my, my, my main reason for, for going in a different direction. Um, I, yeah, I think that's the way it seemed to play play out from memory. So that kind of left me with an, looking around at an option. Um, Homer, I'm disappointed it didn't work out better because I actually feel like they make good stuff. Um, I felt like maybe I fell foul to the fitting process and just having someone to really help me through the the change and the transition. But you know, I won I won with their stuff. So I mean, definite testament to to the fact that it was decent. I think I started going a little off the boil with my game as well, and then. At that point is the is the is the challenge. Like, is it the equipment? Is it the game? And that's where I wasn't quite able to to put a line in the sand quick enough, if I'm honest with myself. Um, but you know, I haven't been that comfortable with my equipment for the last two three years. You know, having choice is also quite quite tricky, and um, too much choice. So yeah, um, I feel like the real key is having. There's so much good equipment. It's almost having someone that really knows your game and helps you with the fitting process. I think that's probably the most important part of it all. Neither, I think, just the just not feeling like I've been hitting solid golf shots. You know, actually, the the, the feeling of how I've played. You know, and um, that's the, been the frustrating part. The results side, you know, I've kind of I feel like I've achieved enough in the game where I don't I don't strive for being back to number one in the world. Or you know, my 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 only goal is to really play well enough where I feel like I can win majors. You know, obviously, rule number you know rule number one, you've got to be in them. So obviously, you know. Moments like this are, are very important because it gets me back in those sort of tournaments. And two, I just want to keep working on my game to the level where I feel like if I have a good week and I play well, like I've got a chance to win a major. That's kind of that. That's that. that that's what I feel my 40s are going to be all about. You know, I feel like uh, I've pretty much ticked most other boxes, um, but the major championship hurdle is one that I want more of. So how Justin Rose authored that victory that concluded on Monday is the next topic of discussion. Uh, Earl Forsey and Dennis Paulson were anchoring PGA Tour Radio's coverage. Now, PGA Tour Radio's coverage can be heard week in and week out on the PGA Tour app. You can get it on PGATour.com as well. Both of those locations, it is available worldwide and for free, or if you subscribe to the National Satellite Service, Sirius XM. So, gents, it is finally over. Well, Matt, thanks. It took us an extra day to finish things off at famed Pebble Beach Golf Links, but we're able to do it on Monday as Justin Rose capped off an impressive win with a round of six under par 66 to win by three at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Alongside this week was our own Californian, Dennis Paulson, member of the tour since 1999. And uh, Dennis, you know, these tournaments, and we know that, we talked about it late in the coverage, they're not easy to win for anyone. Justin Rose made it look easy on Monday. He was pretty solid, and 
except for a little push from Brendan Todd, it was all Justin Rose in that Monday finish. It really was. Um, you know, I, I look back at how he played six, seven, and eight late yesterday when the conditions were tough. It was incredible to play those three holes in three under par. That said a lot, but literally, he, you know, he caught a little jumper at one and kind of hit not a bad chip shot, but it just grabbed on him a little more than he thought. Didn't make that putt made bogey. And then fa- fla- flared an iron shot a little right at number two. A little loose for him. You know, that miss in the left bunker, you wouldn't think twice about it. But he hit it over there, but hit an unbelievable bunker shot, got that up and down, and kind of righted the ship. And from that point on, he played solid golf. And today, it really was the putter. He played smart shots into the green, didn't hit it super close to the hole, gave himself some good looks, kept the ball below the hole. It was a pretty simple day for him. And really, we, we were trying to make something out of nothing the way Justin Rose played. He just really didn't open the door for anybody. Yeah, made some early birdies and, and really just held on from there and really didn't wasn't pushed at the end as he now is an 11-time winner in the PGA Tour. Dennis, it's been four years for him, uh, but now age 42, he looked great. You mentioned he made a little equipment tweak. He talked about that uh, after the win on Monday and – Seems to be in pretty good shape now. 11 wins on the PGA Tour and could be the beginning of a a pretty big 2023 for Justin Rose. That caught me off guard when I heard him say that at the end there where he said he changed irons and shafts. That's a double flip. That is a big deal. That is not something that you do very lightly, but something clicked for him. There's no question. And, and man, he hit his numbers. You play a brand-new set of irons and you make a hole-in-one. I mean, come on. I mean, everything that he did this week, it was just kind of – it's kind of his week, but at 40 years old, Earl, the big question is, is he going to be that guy that might win multiple times and kind of climb that mountain and get up into the top 10 or at least in the top 15 in the world and really be competitive throughout the rest of the year? A lot of good things were going on for Justin Rose the entire week. Matt made three eagles. One of them was a hole-in-one, and you know he goes on and makes a, one of those eagles in the final round, did that late Sunday and used that to propel himself into the win and a three-shot win, 18-under, and 11 wins now on the PGA Tour for Justin Rose after his victory Monday at the finish at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Gents, thank you very much. Very much looking forward to your work this week, too, as the PGA Tour moves out to Phoenix in the Scottsdale area. Justin Rose with the final round, 66 to close the deal, as you heard Earl and DP talking about his 11th PGA Tour win at 42 years old. His first win in 1,471 days going back to the 2019 Farmers Insurance. First European to win the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Let that settle in for a second. For a tournament that has a history that goes back to 1937. 2018 Open champion, uh, the FedEx Cup champ. Uh, the, his his uh, the U.S. Open champion, of course, at Marion is where he won his major. Uh, the 2016 Olympic gold medalist and a uh, five-time European Ryder Cup member as well. Most impressive indeed is the resume of Justin Rose. Most impressive indeed is exactly what you will feel, I am sure, when you check out DeWizGolf.com because this wearable device can give you feedback on your game like you have never had before. Know your game like you've never known it before. Have you ever measured things like swing plane, hand path, etc.? It's all in there. Check it out. TheWizGolf.com for more. I guess hello world, huh? (laughs) And with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. Over 
done it for 20 years now with, with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to boynegolf.com. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one. Gives you feedback in real time. Do you feel where you are in your golf swing? Transition plus four point two inches. Length of back swing fifteen point three inches. The Wiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf.